women's basketball is reaching new heights. From the hardwood floor, above the rim, all the way to the sky. The Chicago sky, that is. I gotta testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die. As of this recording, in the 2021 WNBA Finals, the Chicago Sky is set to play the Phoenix Mercury in Game 2 today in Phoenix and return to Chicago at the Wintrust Arena two days later for Game 3. It's no surprise our friend to the show and college alum Tony Thompson will be attending Game 3 this coming weekend. He's back and ready to talk women's basketball, especially our hometown sheroes in the sport, the Chicago Sky. Today, interludes is talking sports, the WNBA, and recent sporting controversies with women's basketball coach and athlete advocate, Coach Tony Thompson. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by our national sponsor, the Matthew Business Network, the premier growth platform for established black and urban business owners. And now, all the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Valerie Johnson. and welcome to another edition of Interludes. I had him on earlier this summer, and I decided to bring him back because we are now officially in basketball season. He is the president and founder of Prospects on the Rise LLC and is currently the associate head coach for women's basketball at Volunteer State University in Tennessee. Welcome back, Tony Thompson. How you doing? Let me listen to the crowd cheer for a minute. Hold on. <laughs> oh my gosh I am so we were just talking just before and I'm just excited for our Chicago teams me and Tony are both from Chicago and I am excited first of all how did you get tickets to one of the hottest sporting events in the country I saw Chance the Rapper there I saw Reverend Jesse Jackson did they call you did they yeah. need one of the best coaches in the countries in the stands what was up Tony yeah. I wish they did. It was just one of those early, early things that, you know, I just played my luck and was able to get in the building. And uh, I wish they would have told me to come on down and sit on the sideline with them. That would have been awesome. <laughs> I mean, uh, like I said, this past weekend, the Chicago teams really just had a great, great time, a great winning season. How would you describe the determination and leadership that we're seeing from Naperville's Candace Parker this season in the playoffs and now in the WNBA Finals. I mean, I, I, first of all, I want to send a super duper shout out to Sox fan. That blackout nation the other night was incredible. And I'm sitting here in Nashville cheering and they think I'm insane because uh, <laughs> by the way, Val, Nashville, Tennessee is the new Chicago if no one knows. Okay. Uh, one in every three people, they say now in the city of Nashville is from Chicago. So it's kind of like we're taking over. But um, 
to see my girl Candace come back home, as I mentioned to you in the summertime, uh, I didn't expect this. I tell you what, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and it points out this perspective. I was talking to someone the other day. If you're not watching this WNBA final and you call yourself a basketball fan, you cannot possibly be a fan. Um, you exactly. got the, in the six seeds and the Mercury and the Sky. And they weren't even, either team was not even predicted to even be here in this final. And it's a rematch from 2014. But we didn't have Candace, right? Now we uh -huh. do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that is, it's amazing that she has been kind of the center of what's been happening. And I and I, she won three with L.A. when b before she left. Is that correct? I think she only has one with L.A. I think she only had one other title. And this would be the second one. I think she only won uh, one with, with Spark. I don't think she was there with Lisa Leslie and the guys. Oh, okay. They won prior, but I could be wrong, but I think she only just has the one ring with them, and this will be her second one. First well, time. Right. When she decided to bring her talents to Lakeshore Drive to try to bring the title to her hometown, reminded me of a certain NBA player from Ohio. Hmm. Is LeBron James' time as a Cavalier the best comparison that we have to what Miss Parker is doing right now? Yep. I think that uh, if you rewind that tape, Val, I think that we tried to do that with Derrick Rose, right? We tried mm -hmm. to do the Unfortunately, the injuries and everything happened. But LeBron, yes, because, uh, you know, he put it out there. Even though he went down to Miami, he was all about Cleveland. And he reps Cleveland just like I rep Chicago all the time. <laughs> and so, you know, to get Candace back home, I think she said it in her in her best best voice a few weeks ago. I was listening to her talking. It's not even about the basketball, just the entrepreneurship that she's doing around the city uh, with the kid. A lot of things, a lot of activities with the women, the breast walkers this past weekend, I believe it was. So a lot of things that she's got her hand in. But I want to I want to also say, Val, you got to give it up to none other than my girl, Kalia Cooper. Kalia there you go. And, and Vandersloot are playing their butts off right now. Um, you know, and if, if they can continue to, you know, they say in basketball, you need a big three. And that's our Chicago Sky big three right there. Oh, man, that's amazing. I'm, I'm saying that amazing women wear shorts, too. <laughs> Tell you, I got some of these guys telling me, I'll beat these girls up. I'm like, yeah, whatever. My money's going on there. <laughs> I know you're, you're a sport. Uh, I know your sport is basketball, but I have to ask you this football question. Let me get this in as it pertains to a franchise ownership and sports league. John Gruden is was among one of the most visible coaches and analysts in the NFL. He's Chucky. His team won a Super Bowl. He leaves coaching and then gets a plum job at ESPN. That's what we thought of him until last week when the emails started coming out, unfortunately, those racist, you know, homophobic email that exchanged with former President of the then Washington Redskins and the CEOs of several companies like Hooters who caters to sports fans. Until, until his resignation on August 11th, Gruden led a team that was predominantly African-American and included the only publicly declared gay player in the league. Now is John Gruden an out 
outliner with professional sports or is Gruden an example of how coaches, corporate leaders, and franchise presidents, mostly white men, in charge still view athletes and sports? I think, you know, I listened to Williams. He was on this morning on CBS with, with Gail. Uh, he put it best. I think that sometime you've got to go back behind the, the trail of emails and see the people that was in his um, comfort zone or in his surrounding who was enabling that. And as he mentioned this morning on TV, were they jokes, were they LOL jokes, or were they um, born arrows coming at you, were they knives being thrown, and see the content and the context behind that. And I know that that many of people talk about, okay, uh, African-American coaches or African-American players, they speak one type of language when they're with each other, as opposed to out in, you know, in the front of public. But you get, once again, that's our culture. That's how we grew up. Uh, we on the, whether we're on the playground playing baseball or football, or whether we're in the gym playing basketball, that's just how we grow up. Um, and the hard part about it is that we continue, we as an African-American people continue, just like the Latinos have broken into baseball heavily, mm -hmm. uh, to break different grounds. We're now in, in, in golf at the Tiger Woods. Uh, we're now big time in the hockey. And um, fortunately enough, God blesses our children to grow up and be these athletes. We just want to be treated equally on the playing field, no different than myself when I look at that situation uh, with Gruden and he resigned from uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, but they're already circulating around that they want him to be the new head coach at LSU. What the man, the fire hadn't even been put out. How are you going to get him out of, you know, Vegas and send him down to Louisiana as a college coach? Because now you're just putting that into the college side of the house where these are young kids and most of those guys, you know, as well as I do Val, they never make it to the pros. They have 90 kids on a college team. They may get two or three guys that go to the next level. So I, I think that uh, until you start at the top, you know, like they most do in most situations, go to the Roger Goodells, uh, going up to Silverman's in the world and work their way back down, getting people like the LeBron James, Kevin Durant in the world, getting people like Giannis and the Copo, Aaron Donald, getting those big powerful sports leaders talking about it. Sometimes change never comes. I'm hoping change will come. And I think there was a, a good step forward with his resignation. Yep. It's just, just troubling. Yep. And, I, and, I, and I really think that, you know, we have got to, when I say we, meaning the sports community, have got to reach out and look at more African-American coaches and even Latino coaches for that matter. Uh, if you look at soccer, they got a lot of European coaches that are in the game because that's what they do. Uh, and we, as much many football players, we have African-American as well as basketball players. We should have more coaches and executives upstairs in the office. Yeah. Got to change, got to change the, got to change the game on both sides of the court. <laughs> Another national issue with sports has been the fight of, by U.S. women's soccer team to receive equal pay for their efforts. Despite being four-time world champion and despite having arguably the most visible players than the men's team, they make considerably less than men do. Do you think there will ever be a time when a female athlete, a women's team, 
or a women's sport league will be able to command and receive the same amount of financial backing as their male counterparts? I'm hoping so. You know, that's a, um, a funny situation what you just mentioned there because this to the Olympics. The women dominate the men. I saw that. Men in soccer. And so if you go back and look at our medal counts in terms of that, if it wasn't a few years ago, we would have not even been competitive in soccer. So if you are got these professional soccer leagues that are coming out and you got these teams that are getting these guys, well, why can't the women have you no know, great contracts? There's no different than what the WNBA had to do a few years ago with their NIL agreements. They had to pull it off the table and then fight. Hey, we just want more money. We're, we're basketball players too. We, we go every day. We put our uniforms on. We lace up our shoes. We got Nike deals. We got Adidas deals. Why can't we go out on the court and still get a million dollars to play this game? You know, uh, understandably, we don't fly and dunk and all that. Some of the girls do, but in terms of how the game is really played, I told you in the summertime, I love watching the women because they are fundamentally sound. And when you watch plays, it's a great art of basketball. Men take it to another level because of the athleticism. But the women, they play hard and they really get at it. Yeah. And I'm just hoping and praying for change on that level, especially for all women's sports. It's just, it's phenomenal to see what they've been able to accomplish, especially over the last 10 to 20 years. And, and, and the NBA, the WNBA has been around. I was talking with someone about that. That's, it's been around since 19, the 90s. We're in the 90s. 25 years. This is the 25th anniversary for the WNBA. And, and just think, just a few years ago, the NBA, quote unquote, just got behind them in the push. So imagine 25 years ago, if the NBA would have pushed the WNBA like they pushed the NBA logo then the league would, would now have probably a team in every city that the NBA has and the league grown and it'd be massive right now. Yeah. Cause I feel like the reason why the male counterparts specifically just now dealing with the NBA and the WNBA is because there is a big push for advertising and the corporate dollars are behind those NBA teams. And I feel like if, if, if that partnering could have happened, just like you said, sooner, the money would be more for the for the players. So I'm just going to and I'm, I'm going to be cheering for the Chicago sky. Well, uh, educate me. Well, if they win, will this be their first championship? Uh, they are. I think that they've got. Um, yes, I think with Chicago, this will be their first championship because they were back in the finals against uh, the Mercury in 2014. Mm -hmm. So the first time that they'll get it. Uh, I hate that Della Don is not here. I love Elena Della Don. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, she was on his team with Candace Parker, with with Cooper and Vandersloot. Oh, my goodness. This, 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 this series would have been over with. <laughs> well, I'm going to be cheering for them, and it'll be fun to know that you'll be in the stands in Chicago when they play against uh, the Mercury again. Uh, Tony Thompson, always educational, always fun. I'm so grateful that you got a chance to stop in in between practice to hey. uh, go ahead and talk to us again. And I'll bring you back when things are uh, up and running again for other things you have going on with your team. Sure, sure. I, I tell you what, Val, I absolutely love it. And I thank you. You know, <clears throat> I need to be just a, a, a your sidekick like Tonto and the Lone Ranger. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> 
I, <clears throat> you can definitely educate me on sports because I definitely need that. And I, I love your feedback and I like the way your mind thinks because you're a coach. You work with the women and just what you said, I'm excited because I know that you are a great cheerleader when it comes to women's uh, professional women's basketball. So, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, yes. And I'll tell you before I get out of here, Val, I want to put a one big shout out to my guy, uh, Kevin Herrick, who's the head coach uh, down in Talladega, Alabama at Talladega College. And he is putting together in two weeks, and I'll get the information to you, Val. He's putting together a women's symposium for the HBCU colleges. He has four HBCU women's programs coming in, and he, the guest speaker is none other than the COO of the Los Angeles Sparks and a couple other female speakers that will be on hand. So uh, things like that at these smaller schools, if they can do this, those are the things that make the noise upstairs. I got it. I would, ooh. The H H B oh H B C U yay that would be exciting if ooh when is that happening when is that happening is next weekend because he just asked me to because I'll be in Chicago this week mm -hmm. next weekend the weekend of the twenty second they'll be in in uh, Talladega Alabama for the first time in history uh, he's putting on it's called the Women's Symposium Academy and uh, he's bringing in these heavy hitters from the, the Los Angeles Sparks from. Um, Atlanta Dream. Um, he's got an ex basketball player of his who coaches who's putting this together. And you're going to come in and they're going to have breakout sessions now. They're going to talk about the stuff that me and you're discussing now. How can women get further along in recruiting, in, in sports, being a sports agent? How can they, you know, help these kids get college scholarships? And more importantly, what can they do for the female and the women's basketball game? So I'm looking forward to it. Oh well, so you you and you're you're going to be there in person. So I'm coming from Chicago, to Alabama. <laughs> so uh, I might have to I might have to bring you back. I have to bring you back. <laughs> and I tell you what, I, I would love. You know, I was talking to uh, to who the heck was I talking to the other day uh, at home? Um, Michael Drew. But I was telling him about the show, and he said, "Man, I loved it last time. I had so many people. I sent it out to so many people that listened to it." and got great reviews. I said, I'm going to tell Val that I need to be her sports sidekick. So she needs to bring me on weekly so we can talk sports. Get, broad, get, get, get your audience you know, broad here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yay. You ain't said nothing but a word. All right, Tony, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. seen it it's the weekly chat with ep michael womble and valerie johnson interludes extra presents talk on tuesdays join us as we break down the latest topics surrounding music and movies and politics every tuesday at 8 p.m central 9 p.m eastern live on our interludes youtube channel Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, 
Written by Michael Womble. Produced by Valerie Johnson and Michael Womble. Original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. Brought to you by our national sponsor, MBN, the Matthew Business Network, the premier growth platform for established black and urban business owners. For more information, please visit their website at thematthewsbroadcast.com or you can call area code 732-357-5701. When you call for more information, tell them that you heard it first on the podcast called Interludes. To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join our Interludes Facebook group, visit the website liktr.ee forward slash Pure Light Media.